clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, <clears throat> I want to deal with the coronavirus hysteria because I know many of you guys are probably dealing with fear of uncertainty and just wondering what's next and where are we going? You know, you know, I look at social media and the mainstream media as well as looking at how things have played out in the grocery stores and it's very evident that people are panicking and and so my goal with this show is that after you are done listening to this show my my prayer and my goal is that you have a peace of a peace of mind a sober mind and a confidence in God that is unshakable Amen. And so that's my goal. And um, and so what I want to do is I want to start out this show with giving some statistics about the coronavirus from um, sources being the U.S. and China Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, uh, New York Times and John Hopkins University. But before I get into some of the stats um, d- uh, surrounding the coronavirus, Um, Shout out to my wife because I want to say like three, four weeks ago, my wife, you know, she just felt led to to start stocking up. You know, when the news first broke of the coronavirus, you know, my wife was really proactive. And to be honest, I was like, man, I'm not trying to hear this. You know, I wasn't you know, I had so many other things on my mind, but my wife started stocking up on like tissue and paper towel and water and food, just different essentials that we need like three weeks ago while everyone was just chilling. And I was one of the people like, man, you overreacted and you know, calm down. And then when everything started going crazy, we were like straight. Like I didn't, I thank God that we didn't have to deal with the, the crazy crowds in the grocery stores and everything. So. Praise God for my wife. Shout out to my my lovely wife, Erica, for 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 being on top of that. But even in all of that, what I want to do is I want to read off some statistics about the coronavirus and, and what's taking place. And these are statistics that were updated on March 9th. So I'm sure, you know, the numbers have changed. But just to give you guys an idea, the first stat is of total worldwide confirmed cases. And so currently ill is at 40%. Recovered from the virus is at 56.6%. And people who have died from the virus is at 3.5%. The serious, the next stat is seriousness of symptoms. And this source is the China Center for Disease Control, 
Prevention Center. Um, 80.9% of people who contract the virus show mild symptoms. So mild symptoms would be like flu-like symptoms. Um, 13.8%, and that's only 80.9% who show mild symptoms. Uh, 13.8% show severe symptoms, hospitalization, and 4.7% show critical intensive care results. And so this next stat shows, um, answers the question, how contagious and deadly is it? And it says the average number of people infected by each sick person is 1.5 to 3.5 people. So one person on average affects, um, transmits the virus to 1.5 to 3.5 people. And again, the fatality rate is only at 0.7 to 3.4% out of total cases. And so listen, one of the reasons why I wanted to start off with reading some stats around the coronavirus is because I believe that it is very important for us as Christians to be informed and be prepared. We perish because of a lack of knowledge and our faith does not require us to be ignorant to the facts. Our faith isn't a blind faith, but our faith is an, is an informed faith. And so our faith in God isn't because we're blind to what's going on around us. Our faith in God should be regardless of what's going on around us. And so I, um, I, I wanted to start off with reading some of the statistics um, because it, I believe it's two sides. I believe the mainstream media is caught is is causing people to overreact. If you look at the stats and the the percentage of people who have recovered and versus the percentage of people who has died, this virus isn't worse isn't any worse than uh, the flu. In a <laughs> just being honest. And so, but I do think that it is smart for us to take precautions with this being a new phenomenon and something that we're still learning about. And I do think it's smart for us to um, try to um, keep our distance from um, people who may have contracted the virus as well as older people. Um, 60 and above, I believe it's the age uh, who who have weaker immune systems, who when they contract the virus, it could have a much far worse effect on them than the person who is younger. And so I do think it's important for us to take precautions. But I also think that it is important for us as Christians, as we inform ourselves that we not be dominated and controlled by fear not dominated and controlled by fear um the bible talks about in romans 12 verse 1 through 2 and a lot of times you know i I've, i haven't heard anyone use this scripture or relate this scripture to times like this but i i think this scripture is also fitting 
for circumstances like this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, do not be conformed to the media hysteria and the the fear that they're putting out here. But it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, one of the reasons why I read this scripture is because many of us are over are being overtaken by fear and anxiety in times like these because we've been eating what the world has been feeding us like we've been we've been listening to the music that they tell us to listen to we've been listening to or watching the movies that they say watch We've been watching the television shows that they tell us to watch. We've been listening to the podcasts and the radio that the world tells us to listen to. And so now when they feed us information about the coronavirus, we just eat it up. It's easy for us. It's e Listen to me when I say this. It's easy for, for us to be conditioned when they've been conditioning us the entire time. And so a lot of the fear that we've be, that we that we're being fed and that is overtaking us isn't because we haven't been been being conditioned by the media already. It's not because we haven't been being conditioned by the world already. And so I truly believe that in this time, we cannot be conformed to the world. As Christians, we can't be conformed to the world. And so as we see the world panicking, as we see the world losing their minds, we have to find hope and peace and refuge in the Lord. It's it, one of the things that I'm learning times of crisis and hear me good times of crisis can often reveal we've been depending on the wrong things to sustain our sanity. When we see that those things don't stand the chance when fear comes knocking at our door. And so my prayer my prayer is that we come to know the reality of God's love. My prayer is that we come to know the fear of the Lord and that we've always needed him like never before. And so as Christians, it's important that we not be conformed to this world. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter one, verse one through th three, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. I'm going to read that part again, but make it applicable to 
our life and practical to our life. It says, blessed is the man or blessed is the woman who walks not in the counsel of the media. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of social media. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Verse two, but his, her delight is in the law of the Lord, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. Verse three, here's the result of, of meditating on the word day of night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers. And so many of us need to really and, and I'm talking to myself as well, you guys, because I really believe that God uses trials and situations like this to really show us ourselves. And so for many of us, we need to examine our diet. We need to examine our 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 thought diet. What is it that we meditate on on a regular basis? What are we consuming on a regular basis, what is the diet of our mind? Because the Bible says when we meditate on the word day and night, we'll be like a tree planted by streams of water that yield fruit in its season. And so one of the things that I'm learning, it is important that we have a diet in the word of God. Because whatever we feed the most, our spirit or our flesh Whatever we feed the most will dominate our lives. And so is is very and, and listen to me when I say this. It's very easy to be overtaken by fear and confusion when you're constantly meditating on social media and media. It's easy to be overtaken by fear and defeat when you're meditating on Netflix and um, love and hip hop or whatever uh, power and all of these other things that consume our minds. We we and this is an encouragement and a challenge. When I say this, we have to stop trying to lock God in the box of Sunday. God is not just God of a church service or he's not just God of of the Christians and the Christian faith. He is God of the universe. He is God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. He is God for all eternity. And this is the day, regardless of the day that you're listening to this show, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it and be glad. And so we have to stop putting God in a box within our thinking. And what causes us to do that is when our meditation is on everything but his word. And so one of the things that I want to look at and really uh, dive into real quick is how did Jesus deal with fear? And I talked about this 
on a show, uh, I believe on episode 57, maybe, but I want to, I want to revisit this because, and, and make this practical to what we as a country, as a church is dealing with as it relates to the coronavirus pandemic. And so when we look at Jesus and how Jesus dealt with fear, I specifically want to look at the garden of Gethsemane and what Jesus was dealing with in the garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26 verse 38 through 41. When we look at this, just to give you guys context, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And this is right before Jesus is captured to be taken um, before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, and, and to be brought in the Roman hall. This is right before he's uh, um, he's beaten and flogged and whipped with metal and sheep bones that ripped flesh from his body and a crown of thorns placed on his head. This is right before he's accused and they spit in his face and smack his face. And this is right before he's about to go through what we call in theology, his passion leading up to the cross um, and, and, and all of these things that he did for us. And so Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples and he's asking them to pray with him, but for an hour. And Jesus begins to feel the stress and the weight of what he's about to go through. He begins to feel fear and anxiety and extreme stress. And so starting at verse 38, Jesus says this, he's, then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Verse 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, if it be possible, Father, I don't want to go through this. If there be another way, take use that other way. I don't want to do this. He says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, and he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, Jesus says this. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is is weak. So when we look at how Jesus dealt with fear and how do how do we know that Jesus was dealing with fear outside of it saying that he felt his soul was exceeding sorrowful and that he fell on his face when we look at the same story as recorded by Luke in and in, in I believe Luke 22 it talks about how Jesus began to sweat blood. Um him sweating blood is a medical condition called hematidrosis. 
It is what happens when a person is under extreme fear and stress. And so though Jesus felt fear and fear was present, fear did not dominate Jesus because he still went to the cross for our sake. He still completed his mission. See, when when a person is overtaken by fear, it causes them to do things outside of God's will. It causes them to depend on their their own instincts. It causes them to depend on their own understanding. And we did not see this happen with Jesus, but we saw we see Jesus saying, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to respond in my flesh. Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so when we look at Jesus and how he dealt with fear, he dealt with fear. How he dealt with fear is he prayed and he submitted to the will of the father. See, we live in a culture that doesn't mind encouraging prayer, especially in times like this. I remember being in high school when sitting in class when 9-11 happened. And I just remember immediately everything stopped and everyone wanted to pray. When, when, when there's mass shootings, people come together and pray. And listen, I think prayer is an amazing thing. I think prayer is extremely necessary. You'll never hear me talk bad about prayer. But the problem is we live in a culture that will encourage prayer while at the same time discouraging submitting to God. So talk to God, just don't submit to him. See, submitting to God often requires us to deny ourselves. And so ultimately, Jesus dealt with fear by praying and denying himself to submit to the will of the father. And so Many of us are often overtaken by fear because we think that prayer is enough. We think that telling God thank you is enough. And we don't sometimes we don't realize God. God doesn't just want our lip service. He wants our hearts. Jesus talks about the Pharisees. And the hypocrites. In Matthew 15 and 8, and he says, they honor me with their lips. They draw nigh to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. And so what good is prayer if we're not willing to lay our heart at his feet? And so what happens is. Fear overtakes us because we're distracted by other things. We're distracted by other things and other things have our heart. In Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
And so our hearts reveal what we treasure the most. Our hearts reveal our idols. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus also says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you want to know what you value the most, look at what you talk about and what you live for. And I, I'll admit there's been many times and many times when I'm distracted. Like there's many times where I, I have to step back and say, you know what, God, I've been distracted. I've been giving everyone else and everything else my time and I've been neglecting you. And so what happens when trials and temptations come or circumstances um, that 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 challenge my faith comes up? I'm distracted and I see that my faith isn't where it should be. And it's because I've been giving my time and my energy to other things and I've been giving God scraps and so I truly believe that God uses suffering and pain or or trials and tribulations to get our attention the Bible even says that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered and so though suffering or or hysteria isn't fun. God has a purpose and a plan for everything that he allows. And that we as believers don't have to be fearful, but it starts with our thinking and our dot in our in our spiritual diet. What we're, it's not just what we're feed, what we're, what we've been, what we're feeding ourselves in this hour is what we've been feeding ourselves prior to this hour. See, a lot of times we try to get ready for temptation or trials when the trials and temptations are knocking at our door. And that's not how it works. Like for, for, for my people for my listeners who have played professional sports or played organized sports, you don't wait to work out the day of the game. You have for, for those who play football or played football, you have a, in the off season, you have two a days where you're working out and practicing twice a day. You're running through plays. You're learning the playbook. In basketball, you're having basketball practice, you're running plays, you're having scrimmages, you're working out, you're making sure you're in shape because you know game day is coming. And if you're not ready for game day, you're going to lose, you're going to be defeated. And it's the same way in life. As it relates to trials and tribulations and situations like this, we as Christians have to be preparing ourselves prior to. 
And so we need to be seeking the Lord in the good times and the bad times. And here's the thing. We can taste and see that he is good. And so it's very important that we're meditating on the word of God. And I want to just share a few scriptures that have really been that really encourage me in times of trial and uncertainty, because for a lot of us, some of us are dealing with fear because there's fear of the unknown. Some of us have been forced to come off work. Some of us have to still go to work and now our kids are out of school and we don't know who's going to watch our kids. Like some of us may not be getting paid from our jobs and we don't know how we're going to put food on the table. There's so many things. And so these scriptures help me um, in times like these and help me get through life, period. And so Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six, verse twenty five through thirty four. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Or in other words, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse twenty six. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Verse 27. And which of you being anxious or worrying can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you worrying about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Verse 29. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, or in other words, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will be wor- will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. And so in other words, Jesus is saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about how you're going to put food on the table. Don't don't worry about these things. Put your faith in him. He he says if he takes care of the birds of the air and clothes the lilies and the flowers of the field, 
He says, how much more important are you? How much more important are you? And so there's times when we do all that we can do and nothing works. I, I was sharing the time, you know, when I would and I believe I shared this maybe on the last show or the show before last man, when me and my wife went through what we went to through in the last two years, you know, from almost losing our house and in the midst of us about to lose our house. We have black mold forming on our ceiling in the living room because we have a leak in our roof and we have to evacuate the house. And then when we finally get that fixed with money that we didn't have, um, we have to uh, leave the house again because we have gas leaks in the house. And then when we get those fixed with money we don't have, we come back to the house just for our furnace to go out within a week in the middle of winter. And so it was like one thing after another. And we're paying, we're scrapping up money, scraping up money to pay for repairs on a house that we're about to lose. Man, you better believe that fear was present. We were dealing with fear and so much stress. But one of the things that me and Erica made a vow to God to do is is what I'm about to read right now in Philippians chapter four, verse four through verse 13. But verse four was specifically one of our prayers and commitments to God while we were going through all of these things and verse four says rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice now what's powerful about this is Paul is writing this letter from prison he's in chains he's about to die but yet he's telling us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice just in case you didn't get it the first time. And so the scriptures encourages us to give thanks to the Lord always, regardless of our circumstance. And so we said, you know what? We if we going down, we're going down trusting God. If we're going down, we're going down. believing God, because we would rather go down, believing God than to go down, not trusting him. Because even in our failures and in our ails in the Lord is never an ail for to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so we we made a vow to trust in God. In verse five, it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse seven and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, we would experience the peace of God that made no sense. There was times when in our thanking God and praising God, see, it's about denying your flesh because your flesh says don't trust God. Your flesh says give up on God. Your flesh says that everything is about to about to go wrong and and panic. Our, your flesh tells you to do anything but trust God. And so a part of submitting to God is denying what your flesh has to say. A part of submitting to God, a big part of submitting to God is starving your flesh. Some of us need to get back into reading our words regularly. Some of us need to get back into praying and reading our words every day. Some of us need to get back to fasting and prayer, denying ourselves. Listen, we live in a culture and I, and I just feel led to say this. We live in a culture that says you can get God and please your flesh. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. But continuing verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I'm reminded of David before he faced Goliath, which everyone says this is impossible. You're crazy because because Goliath was known as a champion. He had defeated all of the children of Israel's best warriors. He had defeated the biggest and the best. And so David goes to face Goliath and right before David goes to face Goliath, he reminds himself of the victory that God had given him over the bear and the lion. And he says, if God gives gave me victory and helped me kill a lion and God helped me kill a bear, then who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? And many of us have to start looking back at what God brought us from. Many of us need to start recalling the circumstances and the situations that God delivered us from. God has delivered some of us from some situations that took other people out. God has delivered us from different situations and circumstances that have killed other people that have caused other people to lose their minds. And we're still here and able to lift our hands without wrath or doubt and say, thank you, Jesus. It is time for us to replay the tape of past victories that God has given us. And we can replay the tape and say, if God has given us victory over this and that, if God brought me through that, God will surely bring me through this. And so in verse 
10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Verse 11, now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can go through having more than enough and not having enough. I can deal with the coronavirus hysteria. And in good times, when there isn't a coronavirus hysteria, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me. First Thessalonians five and 16 rejoice always rejoice, always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me leave you guys with this. And I pray that this is ministering to you and encouraging you. Many of us have been fasting from the word of God. Many of us have been fasting from prayer and reading the word and fasting from fasting. But I would challenge you to to begin to pray without ceasing. Give God the best time of your day. Give God a hundred percent and reverse it and begin to fast and deny yourself of things that strip you of your faith. There's certain things that we that we entertain and give our attention that rob us of our position and our authority and our purpose in Christ. Don't allow your flesh to rob you of your purpose. Don't allow your flesh to leave you unprepared in times like these. Get up and start fighting in the spirit. Submit to God and deny yourself and watch how God begins to turn things around. You will find yourself with peace in some of the most hectic situations. The world is looking at us to see Christ in us. The world is at this time. The world is looking at how we respond in crisis. And there should be something different about us when they look at us. They should see something in us that they don't see in their in themselves. While the world is panicking, we should be singing of his praises. We should be walking in the peace of God. We shouldn't be walking in torment and defeat. And we don't have to. And so it is time for us as the children of God to take our rightful place. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. I pray that you guys have been blessed by today's show. Listen, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests. 
um, leave suggestions for future shows. If you want to sow and donate into the ministry, my cash app is Gabriel T. Parker um, or PayPal path of revelation now at gmail.com. The proceeds will be going toward towards finishing my my upcoming project. Thank you guys for tuning in. Love you guys. Peace out.